Hello, Lime Ninjas. This is Lime Ninja Radio, where we help you navigate confidently through your own personal Lime journey. Everybody's journey is different, and a cookie-cutter approach just won't work for Lyme disease. You need ninja skills. I'm your host and acupuncturist, McKay Rippey, and this is episode number 105 with Lyme Ninja Jessica Crawford. She's also the spokesperson for Focus Online Foundation. Her mom founded that foundation to fund research for a new test for Lyme disease. It's a great organization. They're doing amazing things with TGen out in Phoenix, Arizona. And just to let you know, unfortunately, Aurora's not with us today. We had a death in the family. Aurora's grandmother passed away within the past week. So she was home for a week. She was able to say goodbye. It was a lovely way, a good death, if there's such a thing. Uh, all our, the family was able to gather around and say their goodbyes. But Aurora's got some catching up to do back at work in the left coast out in California. So you're stuck with me today. In this episode, a conversation with Jessica, you're going to learn what diet change Jeff, Jessica credits with turning around her Lyme disease. Also, how her mom started Focus on Lyme to fund the new Lyme test. Some of the science behind the new T-Gen test uh, uses RNA sequencing, really fascinating stuff. Jessica also talks about the mental part of healing Lyme and the number one life skill she learned healing from Lyme disease that that really helps her day to day, even now. And before we get to Jessica's interview, I want to make sure everybody's downloaded the Brain Fog Breathing Cheat Sheet. If you haven't, go on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com front slash Brain Fog and sign up and get it. It's a great technique to help oxygenate your brain synchronize the left and right hemispheres. It's really amazing what this one little technique can do. Now, it's not going to cure your brain fog, right? It's not going to clear out the ammonia and other toxins that are creating all the brain fog, but it does help get you back on track. And you can do this anywhere. You can do it in a car. You can do it while you're waiting. You don't look too funny doing it. So it's really portable. You don't have to swallow any more pills. It's a great technique. So go on over to Lime Ninja Radio dot com front slash brain fog and go ahead and get that. Okie doke. I'm going to read you some of Jessica's bio and her mom wrote this. This is on the Focus for Lyme website and this is what uh, Jessica's mom has to say. In the spring of 2012, Jessica had just turned 20 years old and started having pain in her hands and feet. Her doctor tested her for arthritis, lupus, and MS, but none of her markers were positive. By that time, three months had passed and her symptoms were getting worse. Jessica's fatigue was extreme. Her pain had spread everywhere in her body, especially her joints, and her heart was racing and she was faint and weak all the time. When someone you love is getting sicker by the day and there's no help in sight, you'll do anything to help. Fortunately, we found an amazing Lyme doctor in New York and with his care, Jessica showed improvement. After several months, Jessica began to get better. Today, we are three years after her initial diagnosis, and she's about 80% of her normal self. That concludes the intro, and here's our interview with Lime Ninja, Jessica Crawford. Hi, Jessica. This is McKay Rippey from Lime Ninja Radio. 
Okay, how is it going? Life is good here on the farm. Oh, good. Good to hear. <laughs> now, are you out in Colorado? Where are you? I'm actually in Arizona. Arizona. I have the wrong state. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. And how's the weather been out there? Hot. So extremely hot, but it's been good. It's, the last week has kind of cooled down for us a little bit, and on a, it's for us. Everyone else is probably would still probably be dying of heat stroke if they came down here, but <laughs> <laughs> and it's cooled down a little. <laughs> Now, does but, heat, yeah, lots of pool days. Yeah, lots of pool days is right. Does heat still bother you <laughs> as somebody who had Lyme? Um, you know, not really anymore. And actually, I never had that piece of it. I had the chills so bad that I remember standing outside in like 110 degree weather with a sweatshirt on and I was still cold. So I, uh, the heat was never my problem. (laughs) Did you have co-infections with the Lyme? Yes, I did. I had, um, Babesia and, um, possibly Bartonella. So I had, you know, fevers, chills, um, drenching night sweats, all that good stuff that comes with the co-infections on top of all yeah, the Lyme disease. Exactly. <laughs> I heard chills and I was thinking Babesia too. So I was like, oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I got the full whammy. Well, <laughs> luck, unlucky you. So, yeah. So where, <laughs> where did you get Lyme disease? Do you know? Um, I don't really know. I did pull out a tick out of my head in sixth grade. Um, I used to be a competitive water skier and um, it was after a tournament. A couple like random weird symptoms growing up, like um, just random joint problems that weren't really normal for my age, but nothing really stopped me at that point in my life. It wasn't anything that stayed consistent. Um, I was a competitive dancer and was able to continue to do that. So we just never really thought you know, I just kind of thought I was dancing 20 hours a week. That's probably why my joints hurt. Of course. Aren't <laughs> so, all dancers in pain? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, oh, whatever. It's normal. Your hips shouldn't be doing that anyway. So that's probably why they hurt. <laughs> but um, then when I was 19, I got um, scarlet fever, actually. Oh. And I never quite was able to recover from that and how did, we didn't really so know why i was still yeah, how did you get how did you get scarlet fever do you know it's when you don't treat strep throat oh, okay yeah so i think it dropped my i don't i mean not doctor i don't know but i feel like it dropped my immune system enough for it yeah, to kind of sure. come on full force and um i started out with getting pain in my hands and feet only. Um, and then that, when that didn't go away, that's when I went into the doctor. And then after that, the joint pain started to migrate all over my body. And you know, soon it was just hard for me to get around. And then my neurological symptoms kicked in. So I was in college and all, I was a straight A student. And all of a sudden I got a in Communications 100, which is pretty much the easiest class that you can take in college. Right. And we were like, okay, something's, something's definitely wrong. wrong. Yes, absolutely. So um, that's when, you know, we were just, we just kept testing 
over the course of this time for anything that we could think of um, that my doctor could think of. And, you know, we really were, you know, going for autoimmune. I, I'm allergic to everything. I have a type one diabetic brother, like we just have autoimmunity in our family. So it made sense that it, you know, it probably was that, so, you know, we got lupus and MS and all the things that they just kept testing for and testing for and, nothing could, nothing came up. And finally, about four months after I started, you know, we started trying to figure this out, um, which I know is a very short amount of time compared to a lot of people. Um, my doctor thought to test for Lyme and she was like, it's pro I know it's probably not this, but I don't know what else to test for. Right. <laughs> and I was really lucky and my test came back extremely positive. So I got very lucky in on that side of things. But then you talk about in your story that you get positive tests, but then you go for treatment and you still have trouble finding somebody who, A, believed the test, which is, I mean, if the test is positive, what they're to believe, and then getting proper right. treatment. So can you tell us a little bit about right. that? Yes. When I, we got excited because we thought, oh, well, you know, we have a positive test. Now we can get treated, right? Yeah. Very wrong. <laughs> so... First, we started out, you know, normal course of oral antibiotics. You know, you would look up on CDC and different websites and they say, oh, yeah, you know, one to two months of antibiotics and, you know, you're you're good to go. So we're like, oh, OK, cool, sweet. And I, I was pretty bad at this point, but definitely not near my worst. And um, after that, we started to seek specialists because I just kept getting worse. My joint pain kept getting worse. Um, I was, my muscle pain was awful. I was having constant Charlie horses and, um, you know, within six months I was pretty much bedridden. If I had to go anywhere far, like the airport, I had to use a wheelchair, um, things like that. So it, it, it was completely overtaking my life at this point. And, I've never had, you know, that extreme exhaustion, that insomnia. It's just, it's, I just, it was horrible. And I, we eventually found, um, so we, yeah, so then we started going to all the specialists and they started running all of these tests on me that were completely unnecessary. You know, they, they treated you like a house case because they thought, oh, you know, this can't just be Lyme, you know, Lyme doesn't cause this, you know, like you always hear in people's stories, you know, this, this can't be it. So, you know, I start getting spinal taps and all these different really painful tests and constant MRIs and CAT scans. And I mean, it, we were flying all over trying to find help, you know, so desperately because as time passed, the worse I got. And, you know, I'm almost six feet tall and I was getting down to like, 105 pounds and um about six months after i got the diagnosis uh, i got a chest port put in and i started on iv antibiotics so i was doing those um four days a week and they were about six hours a day while i was on them um i was doing very very heavy doses and Anything, just vitamin C and, and, and I mean anything that you could read about. We were trying to put into my body to help me recover did you do from this. Glutathione too. I did. I did glutathione. I 
Yeah, I did the whole nine yards. We did pulse therapy, and we did it every day, depending on the different antibiotics. And um, I, I did that. I was actually on IV antibiotics with a with a port for about a year, mm-hmm. and I I would have been on it longer, but I ended up getting really infected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we flew to Denver, saw a doctor that we were told was a specialist, and told me I, you know, he didn't believe I had Lyme disease. Although I had a positive test, what he was is like, "Wrong no. with people." <laughs> yeah, I was like, Good "You?" Grief. I'm like, "This is a joke." He's like, "You don't have Lyme, and you probably have this rare form of arthritis you get in your 20s." And sent me home. It was like a 10 minute consult. He's like, "No, your joint would be swollen. Go home." We were like, "Okay, well, thank you for letting me fly all the way to Denver, right. <laughs> so that you know we can have a 10 minute." conversation with him to be sent home so it was just you know just felt like you were getting kicked down one day after the other and we were trying so hard and and putting so many scary things into my body you know it's it's not easy to to hook yourself up to an IV every single day and continue to get worse um so eventually I have we found Dr. Horowitz now I have the best mom in the world and we, she was with my PA that was treating me with IV antibiotics. She's amazing. Um, and my mom was just researching day in and day out. Since the day my hands and feet started to hurt before we even knew what I had, she was on the internet constantly for like two years straight. And so she had just read about Dr. Horowitz and uh, everything he was doing up in New York. And she saw that he was speaking in San Diego at this conference that um, was for medical professionals only. <laughs> so she worked. So, but uh, if you know my mother, you can never tell her no. So she stuck herself in to this medical conference with my PA saying that, and I mean, this is partially true. This is partially true. She went in to help fun. She wanted to find something to start funding research for Lyme, um, but she definitely had an ulterior motive of hunting down Dr. Horowitz. So she finally got to the point where she could talk to him. She found him in, I don't know, a hallway, and um, he was going to be in Phoenix the next weekend. So she still was like, you know, I just want to talk with you when you come to Phoenix, meet me and my daughter. So we ended up going to dinner when he was in Arizona for another for another speaking opportunity, and um, we were, sat there for three hours. And at the end of the dinner, he finally was like, "Wait, why aren't you my patient?" And we, <laughs> oh my gosh, I like started crying. He's like, "I'll see you in a couple months," because he wasn't taking the patients at the time. So. Right. It was amazing. So I definitely, I have a mama bear to the highest extent, which I don't know if I'd be alive if I didn't, because I definitely couldn't advocate for myself. And and she, she just day in and day out. I mean, I've never seen someone work so hard and research so hard and call so many doctors and specialists. And she, she did everything for me and took care of me. And yeah, I don't, nowhere I would have been so my she you know so we finally got up to New York and I would fly back and forth there you know once again having to use a wheelchair and um after about a year of 
of, you know, doing different things and trying different port protocols because as a lot of the Lyme community knows, it's a lot of trial and error. It's not like, oh, you know, you have, you know, these three symptoms, here's a specific treatment protocol for you. You know, that just doesn't exist for us yet. So um, a lot of trial and error, but, you know, we finally found something that started to, to make me feel a little bit better. I'm still, still fighting, still recovering, but definitely doing way better than I was. I can, I can run, I can work out, I work a full-time job, but uh, definitely took me a lot of years to get there. So back up a little bit. Can I ask you, what was it that turned it around for you? And I do realize that everything is so individual in Lyme disease that not one thing, but I'm just curious what turned around your case. Honestly, yeah, I think I personally think that it was a mix of everything that I was doing. Okay. I don't think that it was one antibiotic. I had, there was two uh, intracellular antibiotics that I used that definitely, you know, took me to the next level, which was clindamycin and Bactrim. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that, you know, the IV antibiotics, if I didn't do those, I don't think it would have killed off a certain layer to, you know, for those antibiotics to work. Everything kind of, you know, works together and with the vitamin high dose vitamin C IVs and you know I cut out all sugar the, when I found out that Lyme disease fed off sugar mm-hmm. it was out of my diet mm-hmm. and I was doing the same treatment as a lot of different people um, but I followed my doctor's orders to a T and I mean, but, it, you know, unless it, I felt uncomfortable or if I was, like, allergic to it or something, obviously. But, like, right, right. I followed what, my doctor's orders, and I I didn't eat any sugar. I would eat oh, I eat oatmeal in the morning, and that's about it, carbs-wise. Besides that, my diet consists of lots of vegetables and fruit and uh, meat. I just, I, and now when I do eat any I, I'll get a flare up, oh, um, really? even if it's just too many carbs. So yes. I, yes, I think that is the biggest game changer between you and the person sitting next to you is going to be your diet. Yeah. You're you not can, the only person you know, who I, said that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. And I notice it immediately, which is so funny. It's crazy. Like if I, have a glass of red wine. My hands are neon red, hot, and swollen within an hour. <laughs> so I, so I definitely know when I'm pushing my limits. <laughs> there's a little company out there, and I want to try out their wines. They import wines from small growers in oh wow um, in in Europe, and so they're completely yeah. additive free, and they're completely um, fermented. So there's no sugar left in them. So there is the alcohol. So the alcohol might be affecting your liver, so forth and so on. But I'm really curious to try. Essentially, they're they're advertised as keto, ketogenic friendly wines. Wow! So I, That's you know, amazing. It's, yeah, exactly. So it's they're like, I need to find that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, a, it still tastes like the other wines. <laughs> well, it's got to taste a little bit different because the yeah, I've heard the, I've heard no the sugar. importer, the the business owner, explain that a lot of the American wines they'll stop the fermentation before it's a hundred percent complete because Americans like things a little bit sweeter, and I'm not talking like, like Riesling sweeter, but even like Chardonnays and other dry wines are, have a little bit of sugar left in them because of the American product. Right. So it it might be oh, more hilarious. like 
you know, I'm imagining kombucha or something other fermented like yeah. that. So it might be a little sour, but it would be interesting. Yeah. I'm dying to try these. I just stick to tequila. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the purest, purest thing you can find. <laughs> That's so funny. Not vodka, tequila? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a tequila girl. <laughs> I, I, I just, we're going totally off track here. I didn't. I know. Sorry. Somehow in college, I didn't find tequila, and I'm so thankful because it wasn't until I was about 30 <laughs> that I had my first shot of tequila, and my first thought oh, was, "Oh man, well, yeah, I get you." Yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, I could do this a lot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> so I'm, good stuff. I, I'm, oh. I'm drinking scotch now. So. Anyway. Oh, nice. That's a good call. Whiskey is one of my favorites, yeah. too. I can do, yeah, hard alcohol doesn't bother my line too much, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's not, yeah, so it's the alcohol doesn't doesn't mess with you too much. It's the other yeah. things. It's the other things in the wine. Mm-hmm. And there are all sugar. kinds of things in the wine. It could, it could simply be sugar, but it could be other, some yeah. of the other additives as well. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, now I'm completely distracted. We were, Sorry. No, that's, I tend to do that. That's, that's like. totally fine. <laughs> I'm a talker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you're finally. Oh, I asked you about what, what kind of turned things around. We talked a lot about diet. I think that's such a critical, critical piece of things. Oh, and I want. So this is. I'm going to tell a little story right now, and this is kind of diet related. I just got back from the ER this past weekend with my youngest daughter, who's 24, and oh my she gosh. it was ended up diagnosed with viral meningitis which remind i mean we're going through this this episode and thank god it only lasted about 24 hours but she started having neurological symptoms and i don't think my you know does does she have lyme disease you know that's kind of what's going through my mind and she actually has had bartonella in the past so i still we're going to do some follow-up with some herbs and stuff to, to see if we can't get the viral load down. But what happened was she was having these vague symptoms kind of back and forth and had been to an ER down where she lives about four hours away down toward New York City. We brought her back home after that. Um, she was hypokalemic. Her potassium was really low, so they gave her an IV of potassium and she felt a lot better. So she calls me Saturday night and says, uh, Daddy, my, my right leg has just gone numb. I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, my gosh. So I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just the potassium again. So I give her a bunch of potassium. It's like that doesn't get better. Her next, her tongue is numb within like 30 minutes. Now her tongue and face is numb. It's like, okay, we're going to the ER. Uh. So we get her in there, right? And her, I'm telling this because of just how bad things can get, right? She she gets delirious. Now, she doesn't have a fever. It's not a feverish delirium. It's a neurological delirium. So she essentially reverts to being like one and a half year old. She's got a four-word vocabulary, one of which is daddy, and the other is it hurts Aww. and too much. And so this goes on for hours. And they, you know, finally get the IV in her and drug her up, and she's still you know, flailing in the bed and eventually she calms down a little bit, but it just goes on and on and on. She finally felt a little bit better and was coherent for a minute or two after she came back from the CAT scan. You know, thank God there's no bleed, there's no aneurysm or anything like that. And she throws up all over the ER room, all over. Oh my God. But she's coherent after that. It's like, oh, that's interesting. You know, and so for the rest of the night, so crazy. Yeah, we could get if we could get her to burp, which sounds funny. 
she would she would yeah. cal- she would calm down again. So there's some, and it turns out she's lactose intolerant. Her boyfriend's like learning how to make this Thai ice cream kind of thing. So she had two giant bowls of Thai ice cream, and I think that set talking about diet sent her over the edge. There's like too much inflammation yeah. plus this virus she was fighting off anyway, which probably would have resolved on its own. But this one extra layer of irritation from her gut just sent her and i'm telling you it was bizarre you know i'm sure some that of those line people so crazy you know, when your mind goes it's a it's a scary thing it's terrifying i mean i had short-term memory loss so bad i always told people i felt like dory from finding nemo because yeah. i would get in my car and i would have no idea where i was going it was like I would just appear on the freeway. I'd be like, I don't know. I'd like look through my phone. Like, am I going to dinner with someone? Am I running an errand? Do I have a grocery list on my phone? Like, I would have, I'd have no idea. Or I'd be mid-sentence and com- have no idea what I was talking about. And I would just stop talking. <laughs> and I'd be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. What were we talking about? I would have. No clue. I've, you know, it was so frustrating because I was, you know, like I said before, I was used to being a straight A student and all of a sudden I constantly just felt like I didn't have a brain and my I have hearing loss. I still kind of struggle with that. It's more like muffled. I have to be, you know, be looking at people when they're talking to me or else it just kind of sounds like everyone's underwater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely, and I had some even long-term you know, memory problems is really hard for me to have memory recall and all the word finding difficulties and the anxiety. I mean, when, when something's affecting your brain and, and I also, it was affecting my heart. I had horrible chest pain, heart pain, palpitations, and just my heart didn't beat right. It didn't have the same normal rhythm and you could feel it. And it's, it's, when something's affecting your heart and your brain, it is it's terrifying. And you know, you're just laying there in bed at night in more pain than you ever thought possible, you know, not knowing that your mind isn't right and, you know, having your heart beat out of rhythm. It's you just sometimes you didn't know if you're going to wake up the next day. You know, it's, it's a horrible, horrible disease. I met, um, you know, this amazing family when we were in Albany uh, and you know, this young girl was, in a wheelchair because she can't feel her legs. They both went completely numb. And I just, I, she was so happy and had a biggest smile on her face the whole time. And was so willing to talk to everyone around her. And, you know, it's just, it's so crazy, you know, that, you know, you can be dealing with so much and being so much pain and yet still have, you know, such high spirits like that. I just, I really admired her, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not an easy disease and affects everyone differently. You know, it's like you can't go in and, and have all these specific check boxes, you know, it's like her legs were numb and, but mine were in so much pain. And, you know, that was the difference of, you know, why I had trouble walking, you know? Right. So it's just, it's such a bizarre disease. Yeah. It is multifaceted. Now, your mama bear, changing topic. Today, <laughs> yeah. Your mama bear is seeming to be taking on the rest of the Lyme community and is becoming everybody's mama bear. She is. She is just taking the Lyme world by storm. So we got connected 
with a company called TGen, and they um, our team is led by Dr. Paul Kime, and they were able to come up with a test called LineSeq, and the accuracy of this test is amazing, and we're, we're hoping to, to see this come to fruition uh, early 2018. But, yeah, she, you know, saw that there was all these things wrong and all these doctors that didn't know about Lyme disease and to be able to treat it and for someone to go in with, you know, flu-like symptoms and for them not to even be considered to have Lyme to her was just crazy. You know, it was just how can you, especially in specific areas like Connecticut, let's say, it's like how do you not think to test for that when you're in especially highly populated areas with it. So she, she's a driver for change. She always has been. And so, you know, and it was all these, you know, I don't really believe in chance, but I guess it was all these things that happened by chance that led us to be able to start focus online. She, you know, randomly sat next to a guy on the airport that was connected with TJ and that introduced us to Dr. Kime and, his team and we already, you know, had a friend of ours that worked at TGen as well. And I mean, so many things from our past before I even got sick had to happen for us to be able to create a focus online. And that was such a neat thing to see and to be a part of. And so, you know, once they started working on this test, we knew we needed to start raising money and, you know, create something that that people could, you know, their donations would really go toward making a difference in the Lyme community. And the one thing that I think that my mom did differently is that she didn't try to save the world right away. She took everything one step at a time and said, we need an accurate test. We need to prove that these people's struggles and pain are real. And before we do that, we're not going to get the backing of doctors and scientists and the medical community because if we would, we would already had it because, I mean, you can show people numbers all day long, but unless this community has that actual proof, you know, there, we're not going to get the funding we need for, you know, to for people to be able to work on treatment plans and things like that. So she, you know, decided step, you know, let's just take this in steps. And step one was to get an accurate diagnostic tool. And we had everything fall into place for us to meet the right people at the right time. And they were able to, you know, create this DNA sequencing machine that picks up on, you know, the actual RNA of the bacteria of Lyme and co-infections and other non-Lyme related diseases. And it is, it's mind blowing. It's insane. And it's going to be affordable and it's going to be available to to everybody is our hope. And um, it's definitely looking that way. And um, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And so, you know, we started doing our, our gala and raising money first just fund TGen and their team to be able to create the test in the first place. And now, you know, we're really focusing on funds for, to get us through the clinical trials. 
So, cause right. We, um, you know, we have a few samples that we're working with, but you know, we, it definitely, everything costs money, <laughs> you know? So, um, it's, it's been a great thing to see my mom grow focus online to the point where it is right now, only after one year, I mean, one year ago, this was an idea. And now we have a created test and we've done galas and fundraisers and, you know, we did a event, like you said, that I met you at in, in Albany, New York with the Strand Center of Integrative Medicine. And we've met the most amazing people and heard the most amazing stories and, you know, my, like, you know, just like my mom was with the research when I was sick, she had, you know, she works day in and day out. I've never seen someone work so hard for so long and working with all the doctors and scientists and just anyone. And, and we've had so much outpouring from our friends and family as well that have helped us put, put on events. And, um, it's, it's definitely something that's been out of our, control a little bit which is amazing you know it's like we're definitely getting help from somewhere else because we couldn't have done this all on our own everything had to align so perfectly for for us to be where we are today and i'm so thankful divine intervention absolutely yeah no without god's help we definitely wouldn't be where we are because like i said before i mean even it would you know the story would take too long for this, but so many things had to happen in our lives since the time that I was born, pretty much, for us to know the right people, to have been in the places that we ended up to be able to get all all the right people in the same room. And, you know, it, if my mom wasn't such an advocate for me and didn't, you know, push for me to go to Dr. Horowitz and I, everything just came together just like it should. And yes, it's definitely been a gift from God. Yeah. You know, many of the people who I speak with in interview who have had Lyme and have been as sick as you and then come out the other end, either all the way out or 80% out, 90%, often talk about really how grateful they are that they had Lyme mm-hmm. disease not because they enjoyed the suffering, but because of the doors that it opened and how either that they are contributing back to the world or how, you know, it, it helped them understand more about themselves and their families. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and that's, I feel like that's with any, you know, big struggle in life, but you ha- you know, you have a choice and it's not your first reaction to be positive when you're going through something like that. You know, it's when all your friends are going out for their 21st birthdays and you're stuck in bed connected to an IV pole. You know, your first thought isn't, yay, I love my life. No, right. Life but, stinks. <laughs> right. But I, I knew that the mental game of this was just as important as the physical. And so, you know, I stayed, I did everything I could to stay positive. I read, you know, all the positivity books and I wrote a gratitude journal every night and I worked so hard to keep my mental state up and my gratitude up while I was sick. And, you know, when you 
go through something like that. And, you know, me being at a younger age, it's, you do, you learn a lot of life lessons very fast. You know, you, you don't take things for granted like you used to. I mean, I went on a work trip a week ago and I was walking through the airport and I, you know, I, it's definitely taken me a while to get where I am now. Um, like I said, but I was sitting, I was walking through the airport just in awe that I was walking through the airport. And I've been able to, to do that now for over a year, about, yeah, about, you know, a year and a half. And it still is, it like makes me giddy that I can <laughs> actually get from my car to the gate and not be completely exhausted and destroyed. You know, I'm so thankful that, you know, when I'm at work and, you know, I, I can use my brain again. You know, I took, I took my smarts, I guess, for, for granted. I didn't, I didn't realize, you know, how lucky I was with, with everything that I had. And, and I'm so grateful that I did get better and, you know, it's just, you know, everyone's like always kind of comments, especially on my diet, you know, like, oh my gosh, like, how do you do that? It seems such a big deal to people that, you know, I, I eat so clean and I go to bed early and I take all 40 supplements a day and, you know, people see my baggies and, you know, oh my gosh, how do you do that? It's like you, I am so grateful that this is all I have to do, you know, yeah. and you know, it's like I would take being able to wake up and go on a run and over a cupcake, you know. And so it just, it really grounds you and, and puts life in perspective. And it you don't freak out about the small things as much. And, you know, when you're, you learn to live life in the moment. The, and whenever anyone asks me, like the number one thing that I learned from going through being so sick was living day to day because if someone asked me if I could do something tomorrow, I wasn't able to say a hundred percent. Yes. I had to say, it depends how I feel. It depends if I can get out of bed that day. I don't know. So I truly had to live in the moment. I didn't have an option and it was the best thing that I could have ever learned. And you know, it's, being with your friends and being with your family and when you're with them being there and you hear that all the time, you know, you know, put your phone away, be, be in the moment. They're so, they're such generic things, but when you go through something really difficult and a really long struggle, you get it. You truly finally understand that, little moments, even just 10 minutes with someone is so precious. And if you're able to give them that time and that attention and that love that it, it can change both your lives. And that is by far the most grateful thing that I'm, that I'm happy that I learned. That is so beautifully said. And Jessica, you have been incredibly generous with your time. Thanks for speaking with us on your way to work. And how can folks find out about Focus Online? What's the best way to do that? Yes, absolutely. Um, just go to focusonline.org 
and you can read my full story on there. Um, there's a donation tab. You can sign up for our newsletter, a monthly newsletter, which I write, by the way, so I'd highly recommend it. Okay, I'll subscribe <laughs> <And> right away. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a, um, there's also a tab that you can see all of our upcoming events. You can see the bios of the scientists and the doctors that we're working with that are working on this test and get a little more information about LineSeq. And it's, yeah, so just if you go on there, it'll give you all the information you need, which is focusonlime.org. And um, yeah, it's it's been a really, really fun and amazing journey this past year watching Focus Online grow. It's amazing. Well, thanks to you and your mama bear. <laughs> yes, definitely. She's amazing too. <laughs> That concludes my interview with Jessica Crawford. Normally during this segment of the show, Aurora and I chat about the interview and highlight some of the topics we found interesting. And what really stood out for me in the interview was, again, how diet plays such a critical role in healing from Lyme disease. And she talks about trading in a cupcake for the ability to run a mile or two and how all her friends say, man, how can you avoid all that sugar, all these really good things? And really, it's such a key. It reminds me and of the reason why I brought in the experts on ketogenic diets over the past few episodes and really began with episode 101. Well, even even episode 100, Heather Peretta, I guess they're a Lyme Ninja really uses a ketogenic diet to help her with her symptoms. So go on over and check out episodes 101, 102, and we're going to bring in Maria Emmerich next week, and she's an expert also in ketogenic diets, and she's written a great cookbook that really can break it down, what you actually have to do to make great-tasting food that's also healthy for you and won't feed your Lyme disease. And if you like what we're doing here at Lime Ninja Radio, go ahead and click on over to our website and say hello. We've got a little comment at the bottom of each page and just say hello and give us a little feedback. We'd love to hear from you. I'm going to read a couple of those comments right now. One from Kathy S. They were both really short. She says, hi, thanks for everything you do and continue to do. And Carrie W. says, love your work, talent, and tenacity. And we appreciate hearing from you, our listeners. We're not getting paid to do this at this point. We may ask for donations in the near future. So it's really a labor of love. And hearing back from you kind of completes the loop and lets us know that we're making impact out there and gives us the inspiration to keep going. So thank you, Kathy and Carrie. And last, as you longtime Lime Ninjas know, this podcast could not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja Fact of the Day. Did you know the one weapon a ninja cannot use is a boomerang? They are way too scared to ever come back. Lime 
Brain Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique, and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and/or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.